Hello and welcome to the 9 in 10 News for the Community by the Community podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Doyle. Having grown up in northern Michigan, something I have always admired about this area is the love and support that comes from every corner of these communities. So the goal of this podcast is to promote and get to know the many local nonprofits and charities and their work, along with the individuals who really leave an impact on their communities through outreach or volunteering. If you ever want to nominate a group or individual, please send me an email at Courtney Doyle at 9 and 10 News. I'd love to hear about who is making a difference where you live. COVID-19 took its toll on every single one of us this past year, some more than others. Many are coping with grief on a number of levels from loss of loved ones, jobs, not being able to see friends or family, or coping with the illness itself. That's where nonprofits like Michael's Place come in to help people deal with that grief. This month, we talk with Executive Director Mindy Buell to learn more about what they do. Hi, Mindy. Thanks again for taking some time to talk with us on our podcast. Um, Can you just start by telling me a little bit about what Michael's Place is and what you guys do? Sure. Um, Well, Michael's Place is a nonprofit organization uh, located in Traverse City, Michigan, but serving really the five counties of Grand Traverse, Leelanau County, Benzie, Antrim, and Kalkaska primarily. And we work with grieving children, adults, schools, and workplaces um, when there has been a death in a family or a death in a school community or a workplace community. We provide uh, grief support services and we truly companion with the individual or with the family as they experience um, the mourning and, and the grieving that comes with the loss of a loved one. And it truly is our hope that we will help them adjust to their life um, where the relationship is still there. Uh, you know, a child losing a father, he will still be their father, but we want to get to a place where it's really healthy for the individual. Seems like, I mean, it's it's a really heavy topic, and I feel like one, specifically through the pandemic, a lot more people have been exposed to this kind of really heavy grief. Have you guys seen uh, a larger demand with COVID? Absolutely, um, and a really different demand. I have um, been with Michael's Place uh, from the very beginning, and we are just coming on our uh, 20th year anniversary. And I can say that, uh, you know, in all of these years of working with grieving uh, children and grieving adults, that for the first time ever, the needs have changed. Um, what used to be able to um, work and help with them is really different. And the key here is that it seems that we're living in a time where the majority of us, if not all of us, are grieving something. We're grieving a loss of expectation of being able to be at someone's wedding or being able to to gather with family and friends or go on that vacation. And so uh, we are all going through our own mourning, our own grieving of what we can't do and the unknown of knowing how long this is going to last. And so when you, you know, couple that with losing a loved one during this time, it becomes uh, much harder in many, many ways. So what are some of the things you guys have been able to do? Because, you know, when I think of counseling or something like that, I think face-to-face, you know, kind of a really intimate setting. 
um, because it is such a delicate issue. So what? how have you guys been helping people with on to, with the pandemic grief on top of the pandemic restrictions? Well, um, that's a great question. And initially, when it came to the shutdown in March, um, we never stopped providing grief support services. And we, we just had to change how, how we delivered them. And so instead of at that point of being able to come together in person for our support groups, we continued to meet, but we did it via um, really grief telesupport, which was doing it, uh, meeting as a group on Zoom and being able to see people and being able to still communicate and share uh, individual experiences and be there to, you know, with our model of peer-to-peer support, you know, each person on that particular call of being able to support one another while also being able to listen and hear how everyone else is doing, um, that became really vital. So the Zoom access was really important for us, specifically um, in the beginning when we had the shelter-in-place mandate. And then throughout the summer, we did start to meet, and we were able to meet outdoors, and we were able to have our children's support groups and our adult support groups, and we were able to come together because we were outside. We would continue to wear masks and socially distance, and, you know, really adhere to the protocols um, of COVID and all of the restrictions that we had, but we we knew how important it was for people to be able to gather and, and uh, come together. And so we have continued with support groups now in person as much as possible. So what, can you walk me through what goes on during those support groups? Sure. So, you know, the children's group is going to look really different from the adult groups. Children's groups are really based on activity. Um, We, you know, share stories. We ask questions. How was your week? You know, is there anything you'd like to share? Did something happen in celebration? Did something difficult happen? We, We read books. We have activities that will really lend itself towards conversations that are really age appropriate. So, you know, what's appropriate for a five-year-old group is going to be different from a a 16-year-old group. And so we are um, able to build the conversation around the activities for the children. And then for teenagers all the way through um, the adults, it's really conversation that we are able to have. And so when we gather first with um, the adults, actually with our children as well, Um, we share why we're there. We share what brings us to Michael's place, and that is the the loss of that particular loved one. And so it's it's being able to speak the name of the person we're grieving and and do it in a way that is really um, met with a lot of love and respect from those who are in the group. And then following that, um, there might be a theme for that night, or maybe there's a topic of conversation that we focus on. And each member uh, can choose to share or can choose to just remain silent and just be present to what others are sharing. But uh, but our the model of the peer-to-peer support is really based in two things. Um, the one is that when people come into the support group, there are others who have been on this journey longer. And those others, they, they teach the new families. They're like, this is what we did that you know, worked and this is what really helped us and this is what we did that was a real challenge for us. And so the new members, they're able to learn and they're able to identify that they're not truly alone 
on this grief journey, but there are others who have, you know, come before them who have more experience and they learn from them. And then as, as individuals go through in a longer period of time and new families come in, they're then able to be the ones to share and to guide and to, to lend thoughts of things that have been challenging or how things have worked, you know, really well for them. And so it's, a, it's really a model of, um, it's based in friendship, it's based in sharing, um, it's based in sharing life circumstances and life stories. And um, in the end, our hope is that by being part of the Michaels Place support groups, they will find purpose in their loss. And that purpose comes from helping those who are new and by being able to help guide them um, on their journey so that their experiences are not in vain, so to speak. Their experiences can be used to help other people. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because you think of even on a very basic level, when you're looking for advice on something, you know, all the experts in the world can say it, but if you talk to somebody who's actually been through it, they tend to have the best advice. It it, it absolutely, Courtney. It's what we call the aha moment at Michael's Place. It's that moment when you are carrying such a heavy burden and you feel like you're completely alone and no one else has been through it. No one else understands it. And then you meet somebody who says, gosh, this is my story. You know, this this is what I have. And it's that aha moment of, wait a second, I'm not alone in this. Wait a second, there's somebody else. And what that person is saying, how he or she feels is how I have felt. And all those things are so important and they, they bind us together into what we would consider to be a very um, important part of our life journey of being able to connect with one another um that they you know it's the human instinct is truly to connect our stories with each other and that is what michael's place allows those who are grieving to do yeah it's almost like uh, michael's place facilitates something that becomes much much larger it is that is so true um many years ago i was facilitating a briefed a briefed parents group, and we had several parents in there who were grieving the lo- the loss of their child um, from the youngest of ages to you know those who are her older. And one day we had a new um, couple who came into the group, and of course it's always hard, you know, on your first day. Actually, it's probably hard for many days to be the new person and to come in and share you know, the deepest pain that you've ever felt. And so this new couple came into our support group and I asked the parents, the brief parents, if they would go around and introduce themselves and and share a little bit about their child who um, they were there to remember. And they did. And it was such a, a beautiful moment of me kind of, you know, being able to observe the beauty of what Michael's Place does. And I I remember in particular a a husband saying, this support group has become so important to me. I never would have met any of you had this not happened, and yet I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. You have helped me so much in, in grieving the loss of my daughter. And he said, and, and one part that's so important to know is 
you know, going through life and being a grieving husband, a grieving father, um, I can't read my wife's mind. And, and we're trying to just survive. And so I come into Michael's place, and the only time all week that I really get to hear how she's doing, it's like a check-in of this is how she's feeling and this is what's happening in her life. And he said, it's surprising to me how many new things I might hear because it's she's given the space and the opportunity to be able to share, you know, her truth and share what life has brought to her. And I'm so grateful. And in, you know, meeting these n- new couples, it, it truly brings hope. It brings hope in, in connecting all of the stories, but connecting um, that hope in their journey has is so important part is just a really important part of the healing process. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, finding purpose, obviously coping with the grief and remembering is so important, but also finding purpose beyond that. Uh, and it sounds like, you know, for that couple, you know, helping them build their relationship beyond this awful, awful thing that they've, they've experienced. Right, absolutely. And, you know, for children uh, coming to Michael's Place, they have their own group, you know. So we work with the family, we work with the individual. So people, I I, I want you to have a real nice picture of Michael's Place to understand that we work with people of all ages and they can come as a family or they can come as a couple or as an individual. Um, That is up to the person who's, you know, coming and reaching out to Michael's Place. But for those who have children in our um, support groups as well, they are able to have, um, unless they have siblings who are around their same age, um, they have their own support group. And they have their own experiences and their own activities and, and their own conversations, you know, based around their loss and based upon just the challenges of life. And they leave Michael's place and we hear this from so many families who'll say, you know, like we got into the car and our children just started sharing right away of what they talked about and and how they felt and what they did and it builds this conversation that, you know, they might have driven to Michael's place in silence because the grief is so heavy, but when they leave Michael's place they leave with a, a, a totally different amount of conversation and joy of being able to have shared experiences and communicate that with one another. Right. And I, I, you know, these conversations are hard to have, but I, it sounds like Michael's place creates this safe place that then can extend back home or, you know, in other parts of their lives. So it's not just about the groups. It's about beyond that. Right. It it really isn't. And, you know, you just bring up a really important topic of initially when Michael's Place started, you know, we were providing grief support to, um, you know, people of all ages, but specifically for um, children and adults. And gosh, I don't know how many years we were into it, but it was pretty early on. And we had a family, families and one of our support groups, the parents, who started to share their concern over what was happening in the classroom and, and um, how to explain to a teacher what their child is experiencing through the grief and what the child is experiencing at a home. 
um, and, and how to communicate that effectively. And at the same time, we had children, you know, who were sharing what life was like in school and how difficult it was to kind of feel like the odd man out now of, you know, that's the grieving one, you know, and, and how to really help the teachers in the classroom know how to best support the grieving children. And so um, we really looked at it like, okay, our families come to us, but where do they go when they leave? They go to two places for the most part. They go to school for the children and for the adults, they go to work. And so what can we do as part of our mission of helping um, the community to um, educate the community on the impact of grief and helping to meet the bereavement needs of those in our community and how could we do that? And so really that was the beginning of our work in schools and in uh, workplaces. And that has become a really important part because you know, that's where we spend the majority of our time um, at school and at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So looking at, we've talked about the children's groups and the adults groups, is that kind of the main thing or are there, has the pandemic kind of developed any other, like specifically for healthcare workers? Um, because I, you know, I've talked to some, I've interviewed some, and I just, I can't imagine the type of things they're seeing on a daily basis and they're coping with. And it's a whole different category of grief, I think, than we've seen. Yes, I mean, uh, there is no doubt that um, individuals are experiencing through their own profession a considerable amount of um, grief and loss themselves. We have healthcare providers who are experiencing professional grief, and that would be grief of those who are in their care. Um, and that is, you know, really an important part of our compassionate workplace program at Michael's Place is helping those and in being present to them who are experiencing you know, different levels of, of loss in their, um, in their profession. And we also, at the same time, have our teachers, you know, who are definitely on the front lines and they have their own experiences. And we have families who are grieving, um, having visitations and funerals that people are not attending, mm-hmm. um, having funerals that are only open to, um, you know, immediate family only. We don't have people who are lining up outside someone's front door with a casserole saying, here, you know, I'm thinking of you and, you know, would you like to come, you know, the person who's uh, bereaved saying, would you like to come in for coffee? We don't have that going on right now. And so people are dying. I think the most recent number was 500,000 individuals who have died from COVID, and that's COVID alone. We have other losses that are happening at the same time, and we have so many, um, so many fears and difficulties that we don't know how to help families that are uh, grieving the loss of a loved one right now. So would you have any advice for if you know, say I knew somebody who was grieving a loss. Is there anything that I could do right now to help? Oh, gosh, absolutely. That That's a great question, and it's something that we can always do something. I mean, in the end, um, when someone we know and care about is hurting, um, we can always do something. And so right now, Michael's Place has created um, 
really a document um, of ideas of ways to support a grieving person during a time of physical distancing. And uh, it's a great document. Anyone can reach out to Michael's Place and we would be happy to share it um, with them. But, you know, grief is isolating on its own and the pandemic isolation is extreme. Um, And so there are things that if, you know, we have people who are not gathering or not able to, you know, sit down for a cup of coffee, that the art of snail mail is really coming back in so many ways of handwritten letters, um, people writing cards that maybe only did an email before, but now need something more personal. So handwritten letters of care and support, phone calls, care packages, those are wonderful ways of being able to connect from those who feel so disconnected. Um, listen with compassion. You know, make that phone call or sit with someone you care about and listen with compassion. Don't don't try to um, what we call should or shouldn't somebody. Like, you should or you shouldn't. Well, if we could stay away from those kinds of um, words or, or phrases and just be present to them and listen to them, um, ways of helping uh, in a practical manner. Um, I know I have children and, and who need to get to basketball practice or who need to get places. And so, you know, the offer of, hey, can I, you know, can I take your kids out to the movies, you know, to give you a break? Or, hey, I made, you know, I made chicken for dinner and, and can I bring some over to you? Um, they're, you know, shoveling snow for somebody, picking up groceries. These are all things that we can do at a safe distance and still be present and support one another um, during this time as well as always. It's important, I guess, I need to say that it's important to gauge what someone's comfort level is. Um, There might be an individual who really welcomes a, a conversation in person. And so saying, you know, I'd love to, I would love to meet with you and talk with you would um, you like to do it what, on the phone or in person? You know, what, how, how do you feel about that and engaging how they feel? But then being able to um, spend time on the phone or, or do a FaceTime call or whatever that might look like to um, help with their comfort level, but still be able to connect with those who are grieving a loss. Yeah, that's great advice. And you said uh, people can just reach out to you guys to get that. To, you said your list. Yes, yes. It, it, you know, going to uh, our website is um, my Michael's Place. So my M Y and then Michael's Place M I C H A E L S P L A C E dot net is our website, and um, they can access information on there. And there is a contact us um, option on the website. And so um, anyone can reach out to us and it could be for, you know, asking for assistance of what should I do? How should I help my friend? I don't know what to do. Or, um, you know, there, or I need help. Can you help me? I'm grieving the loss of a loved one and I could use support. Uh, Lots of reasons why to reach out to Michael's Place, and that might include a teacher in the classroom who, who can reach out to us and say, you know, can you help me know how to work best and provide the greatest amount of support for my students? You know, there's one piece, and I always think this is important, no matter whether we're in normal times, whatever that might be, or in a pandemic, 
And that is acknowledging important dates uh, for those who are grieving. Um, and, you know, having a calendar on a computer is really handy. I know when I have friends who have experienced the death of a loved one, I will um, make a note in my calendar um, the date of that person's death. And so that I'm like flagging myself for the following year to be able to say, hey, send a, send a card to this person and I will put an annual reminder on there so that every year I will remember that, you know, in a week from now, it will be the anniversary of my friend's husband's death and I need to send her a card now or call her up and make plans to be able to go for coffee or to meet. And those can be really wonderful tools. And the other piece of it would be um, Mother's Day and Father's Day are such important days. And for children who have lost their mom, it means something different to them. And for moms who have lost a child, it means something different to them as well. And so sending cards out on those days to say, I'm remembering your loss. You know, I'm, I'm remembering. Those are beautiful words. Uh, we don't always know what to say, but if you say, I remember, you know, I remember this. And share a story if you have one. Um, those cards will be precious uh, for those who are receiving them. Yeah, really simple, but very meaningful. Right? They are. You know, birthdays, we we have these days that are so important as, and you know, to our family and to the individual birthdays would be included in there. And um, something that might take us five minutes to do, right? It doesn't have to be some elaborate poetry. It can just be a beautiful message of love and care. And it can um, be sent out in the mail. And even if it's late, <laughs> it doesn't right. matter. Get it out. Get it in the mail. Yeah. I mean, people are like, oh, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't get it out in the mail on time. So I'm not going to send it. I say, no, no, it doesn't matter when it comes. Just make the effort and get it out in the mail because that person will be cherishing that card or that note, you know, when it's received. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked a lot about, um, you know, what Michael's Place can do for other people. I did want to ask quickly if, you know, somebody listens to this and hears all of these moving stories that you've told about the people you've helped and, and how you've helped them, um, is there a way for people to volunteer and help? And maybe if they're not grieving, but they go, I want to be able to help? Oh, absolutely. Um, we are always uh, love to welcome new volunteers. And there are, you know, people come to us with a, different, you know, stories of life experiences. Some have life experience from a loss. Um, others have, um, you know, maybe they have a, a social work degree or something and that they, you know, are retired and they'd like to continue to provide you know, uh, grief support, uh, you know, for for families. And so we invite anyone to come, and we have so many different uh, places where someone can volunteer. If someone would like to work with direct support for our um, families, that can work. Or if somebody would like to, you know, serve as a receptionist, we have volunteer opportunities for that, as well as committee, committee members. So we welcome um, anyone who comes to Michael's Place to come and be a part of helping to um, really make a positive impact on the lives of those who are grieving. 
Awesome. And you said the best way to reach out to get help or to volunteer, whatever it may be, would be your website? Yes, that really, that's the best way um, is to come through our website. We do have an email that I can give, which is uh, goodgrief, so G-O-O-D-G-R-I-E-F at mymichaelsplace.net. And that can be found on our website as well. And we have someone who is watching that email and responds, you know, as as soon as possible, whether it's someone who's looking for help or wanting to volunteer or wanting to make a donation, um, we are able to uh, get back through that email. Perfect. Well, we will be sure to post a link to your website um, with this podcast. And I just want to say thank you, Mindy, for telling us uh, about all that you guys do. And thank you for all that you do. Um, it, it is really important work. Well, thank you so much, Courtney, for the opportunity. And um, Michael's Place will be celebrating 20 years this year. And so we look forward to sharing more stories of hope and restored hope uh, for our community um, in the next you know, months to come. So thank you for this opportunity. Again, that was Mindy Buell from Michael's Place. Head to 9in10news.com for more details on how you can help. As always, if there are any groups, nonprofits, charities, or even exceptional individuals you'd like to hear about, email me at CourtneyDoyle at 9in10news.com. From podcast producer Joe Busick and myself, thanks for listening to the 9 in 10 For the Community by the Community podcast. The For the Community by the Community podcast is brought to you by Travers Catholic Federal Credit Union, financial services for the community, established 1950.